0: God, I thank you so much for this amazing day. Thank you for our time of worship uh, today. Just even as ministry time was happening and people were being prayed with, we're singing that we're just caught up in your presence. We wanna sit here at your feet, caught up in this holy moment. God, I just stood there, not even as Pastor Micah, just as Micah, the husband, the dad, so grateful for your presence, so grateful for your Holy Spirit, so grateful that we have moments like this to come together as believers. I'm really thankful for what you're doing today. Thank you that we're able to support the relief efforts, uh, give to missions. Thank you for your word that I believe changes our lives. These next 30 minutes when we lean in the power of your word, God, I believe that your word does not return void. I believe it changes our lives, changes our day, changes our week. So whether I'm talking to someone who's been here for years or people that I've met that are here for the first time today, Pray that your word would speak to every one of us in the room and everyone online. Pray these things in Jesus' name, amen. We have shared this month on the vision. We're talking about rebuilding, talking about building through the book of Nehemiah uh, throughout the entire month. And so we have shared the vision of StorySide so that you understand even as a church what, what it is that we are trying to build here Uh, as well as Mount Vernon, Ontario, and beyond. Uh, So there are five of them. Number one, our vision. Our vision is to equip leaders to change the world. And so when you hear about internship, we're trying to build leaders. When you hear about pouring monies into our children's ministry, we're trying to raise up young leaders. You hear us talk about parenting or the importance of date days or spending time with your family. It's because we believe that as parents, as guardians, we are raising up, we're raising up leaders. Uh, and when, when we have moments to have marketplace meetups, we're now 90-some ninety some, 90 some in, uh, documented business owners, managers that are part of our marketplace meetup here at StorySide. It's because we believe that in the marketplace, in the business world, uh, we want to be leaders, uh, that God has called us to be light in dark places, that he has called us to be salt, to season, to add. And so there'll be a lot of times you'll hear us reference the importance of leadership, uh, and that is birthed out of our vision is to equip leaders to change the world. Number two, our invitation is extended to everyone. You would be shocked at the amount of times that people ask me if they're welcome at Storyside. And it could be everything from serious sexual sin to a past record to I've been divorced a couple of times. I get all kinds of questions, you know, can I attend? Can... Are, are, are we welcome to to have communion? Our 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 invitation is extended to everyone. I I say this often, but you really don't you really don't see where people are turned away from the cross. and And I think at the cross we're all equal. It's not like Pastor Micah gets a higher place and someone else gets a lower place. If you've been here ten years, you get. Our invitation is extended to everyone, and you, you may say, Pastor Micah. Do you know their addiction? Do you know they had an affair? Do you know their dysfunction? Do you know? I I would hope that we would all agree that there's no better place for us to be changed than the presence of God, hearing His Word in His house. And so our invitation is extended to everyone. Number three, our mission is to provide a safe place for all ages to experience God's grace and truth. And so safety is something that is really important to me, not only our safety team, they could do everything from uh, wiping up spills and wet spots and trying to keep lobby and kids check in and things safe, our safety team watching our children and the numbers, and that's a big deal to me, I, I have four kids, but also spiritually that this is a safe place for you to admit you're not perfect. I was raised where you never really wanted to admit anything uh, because if you were to say I was struggling, Matter of fact, you could come forward for prayer like some of you did, and other people in very rigid religious rooms could look at you and be like, you know, what What? What now? What, what are they doing now? I don't want story side to view it that way. I don't, I don't want us to look at each other and look down when someone has a flaw or someone has an issue, uh, but it would be the opposite, that we would love people that are trying to get on the right track in life. And so Our heart is to provide a safe place even spiritually uh, for, for people to say, I need freedom nights or I need help with my business or I need, we want it to be a safe place. Number four, our heart is to do everything humanly possible to provide hope for hurting people. And number five, our hope is for you to know God, find freedom, discover your purpose and to make a difference. As we started our Nehemiah series last weekend, Hopefully you had an opportunity either in the room or Facebook Live to hear that. If not, it's available on the podcast and YouTube. But we talked about in the book of Nehemiah, they're dealing with things or people. They're, They're dealing with things that are burned, things that are broken, things that are buried. And last weekend, we started with part of the rebuild is repenting. Part of the rebuild is repenting. Nehemiah in chapter number one, the Bible says that he repents, individually. He repents on behalf of the nation, the Israelites, and he repents on behalf of his father's family. And so part of the rebuild, we can very quickly sometimes reach for the toolbox and start to rebuild too quickly. I have met people that have come out of a divorce or come out of a death and two weeks later they're dating. I'm I'm not saying that maybe you don't find love in two weeks. I'm just saying over 29 years, I've met a lot of people that they can start building too quickly. You could leave you know, one church and you say, I've been burned, or you know, just like this, and before you know it, two weeks in, people will tell me, Pastor Mike, at my last church, I was on the board, I was on the committee, I was an elder, I was a... Sometimes it's really good for you to just take a breath and heal and refresh, and so when people tell me that, I don't twist their arm. When they say, Pastor Mike, I just need to slip in for a while and just get restored good, because we don't want to build too quickly. Uh, We want to make sure that we process it through uh, in our lives. And so whether it's repenting or rebuilding or restoring, I love Nehemiah chapter one. It doesn't get a lot of the press. Everyone wants to talk about rebuilding the wall, but I like Nehemiah chapter one uh, because Nehemiah wants to make sure before we build a wall that we're going to build ourselves. We're going to make sure we're okay. Today we're going to pick up in Nehemiah chapter two, verse number four, where we ended last week. That is where the king said to Nehemiah in verse 4, "What is it you want?" Can we say that together? What is it you want? Can we say it one more time? What is it? What is it you want? Nehemiah tells him about rebuilding the wall and to give you a heads up of how this book this month this this story plays out. They rebuild the wall. It happens a lot quicker than what they uh, had even planned and prepared. And so I want to start there today by saying prepare for answered prayers. Prepare for answered prayers. Whatever prayer you are praying, if you were to pray, Amanda, I'm believing God to, and you fill in the blank, the things in your family, the things in your life that you're believing God to do, I'm asking you to prepare for answered prayers. Let's not pray prayers and then be shocked if they happen. In this month, in this series, let's pray prayers and let's prepare for answered prayers. Let's believe that God is actually going to work on our behalf. Nehemiah chapter number 2 is where we're going to draw our points from today. And that is once Nehemiah begins in his heart and with the king's support to build the wall The Bible says in verse 10 that Sanballat and Tobiah hear about this. They're very much disturbed that someone had come to promote the welfare of the Israelites. Sanballat and Tobiah are going to oppose Nehemiah. Page after page, chapter after chapter, they are going to uh, become, in this story, the enemies against Nehemiah. How many of you know that when you try to do something good in your life, a lot of times it feels like everything starts working against you? Did you know that? You, you could really try to make a positive move, and before you know it, here comes all kinds of opposition. When I read verse number 10, I'm drawn to a couple of things. Number one, I'm drawn to the word someone. They were disturbed that someone, they were disturbed that someone, you can be the Someone. You can be the someone. What if God is calling you to be the someone? You're you're at a company, you're at a factory, you're at a business. You say, Pastor Micah, there's 200 employees. What if you're the someone? What if you're the someone in your subdivision? What if you're the someone in your school? What if you, so he's talking about rebuilding an entire region. What if you're the someone? What if it starts with you? What if you say, my family's so jacked up, and God is saying, you're the someone? What if you are the someone? And they say in this verse that Nehemiah is going to support, or he is going to promote, he's going to promote, when you look at my life and your life, what are we promoting? If we were like Nehemiah, to have an assessment of things we're promoting, what's it look like? If if your social media was assessed, if your checkbook was analyzed, if your calendar, your schedule, what are you promoting with your life? I think that's a good lesson we can learn from the life of Nehemiah. Our last couple of verses, Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 17 and 18, says, then I, Nehemiah, then I said to them, You see the trouble. He's gathered the people together. He said, you see the trouble we are in? Jerusalem lies in ruins. Its gates have been burned with fire. Come, let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem. We will no longer be in disgrace. I also told them. Notice that. I also told them about the gracious hand of my God on me and what the king had said to me. And they replied, let us start rebuilding. Let us start rebuilding. Last weekend... We talked about how part of the rebuild is repenting I want to submit to you today that part of the rebuild is also remembering part of the rebuild is repenting chapter 1 chapter 2 part of the rebuild is remembering Nehemiah began to tell them about the things that God had already done so Chapter two moving forward, it's the things that need to be done. But before he starts the rebuild, he tells them about the things that God has already done. I wonder today in the room and online, how many times we get so caught up in all the things that we want God to do. We don't spend enough time talking about all of the things that he's already done. I was talking to Mark Fanello just today in the lobby. Mark and I was talking about how three years ago this week, we're breaking ground for this building. And we're talking about three years ago this week, the footers and the concrete and all those meetings and all those hours and all those stresses. And yet today it's worship in here it's ministry lines it's the presence of god it's the power of god so yes do we need property in mount vernon yes are we believing god for a building in ontario yes am i wanting to renovate a kid's ministry and i don't know what your story is that you're believing god for pastor micah I need a promotion. Pastor Mike, I need a job. Pastor Mike, I need a miracle in my family. But I just wanna press pause on everything we're believing God for today. And I want us to take a moment to remember all of the things that he's already done. Are you thankful for the blessings of God, the faithfulness of God, the goodness of God, that when you look back over your shoulder, you realize he has been with you, he's never left you. The psalmist put it this way in Psalm 103, praise the Lord and forget not his benefits. Praise the Lord and forget not his benefits. When you look at the promises of God in our lives, Isaiah 40, gives strength to the weary and power to the weak. In 1 John, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, to cleanse us, not just from some or most, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's a promise of God. Philippians 4.9, God shall supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. That's a promise of God. Psalm 23, the psalmist said, even if I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, some of you have walked through that valley this year. The psalmist said, I will fear no evil because you're with me. That's a promise of God. Philippians 4, 7, the God of peace will guard your heart, your emotions, and your mind. That's your thoughts. That's a promise of God. Proverbs 22 and 6, train up a child. I have four of them. Many of you are parents. Train up a child in the way they should go and when they are old. I don't know when old is. But when they are old, I've met children that were old when they were in their 20s or 30s. I've talked to children that were in a hospital or a nursing home that said, I remember back when I was a kid, my mom or my dad took me to church. I don't know what promise you need to hold on to today when old is going to happen for your child, but I know the Bible says when they are old, they will not depart from it. That is a promise of God. John 14, Jesus said, Micah, Jesus said to you, story side, this is a promise, Bryce. He said, I will not leave you comfortless. I will send an advocate. I will send a comforter, the Holy Spirit that will be in you and will be with you. That is a promise of God. Psalm 27, for in the time of trouble. Have you ever had trouble before? In the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion in the secret place of his tabernacle. Shall he hide me? That is a promise of God. Romans 8, and we know, now we assume, we know that all things work together for good to those who love God. That is a promise of in his word, Matthew 28, Jesus said, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. I'm glad that he will never leave us or forsake us. That's a promise of God. Before we rebuild, we often have to remember, Remember that he has been good and he has been faithful and he's not gonna leave us now. Nehemiah, when you reach into the toolbox, when you gather the people, when you say, okay, let's build, just remember, He's brought you this far, and He's not stopping now. I want to remind someone today that regardless of reports and voices, you, you could listen to the news, you could listen to the, your own voices in your head, God is not going to leave you at this juncture in your story. He's been faithful, and He will continue to be faithful. Nehemiah tells them, I'm grateful for God's gracious hand. I'm grateful for God's gracious. I would just like to take Nehemiah's words and speak them over my own life. I would love for you to join me in just saying, God, on a Sunday morning, we just want to say publicly that we are so grateful for your gracious hand. I'm grateful for your gracious hand on the beverage family I'm grateful. I hugged David Russell back here. I'm grateful for your gracious hand on David Russell's life. I'm grateful for your gracious hand, the Cleaver family and house burning down and now rebuild it. I'm grateful for your gracious hand. I could look around the room, the Stover family, just see the Miller family ups and downs, highs and lows. I, I'm just really grateful for God's gracious hand. When you look at the progression of this story, the repenting, the remembering, the rebuilding, we are going to focus in our final few minutes together today on the opposition, on the opposition. Verse 17 and 18, I read it. I want to read it again, and I want you to notice how it switches from I, from Nehemiah individually, it switches from I to team. Let's read those two verses again. Then I said to them, you see the trouble... We, everyone say we, we are in. Jerusalem lies in ruins and its gates have been burned with fire. Come let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem and we will no longer be in disgrace. I also told them about the gracious hand of my God on me and what the king had said to me. They replied, let us start rebuilding. So they began this good work. I would submit to you today that Nehemiah doesn't successfully build a wall because he has a burden. He builds a wall because he has a team. There are a lot of people with burdens. I want to see better school systems. I want to do something for the homeless. I want to help business leaders. I, and you can have a burden, but if you don't have anyone to help you, Nehemiah has to get a team. The kingdom offers you and I the opportunity to go from we, or from me, to we. We is greater than me. I want you to think about that. We is greater than me. As God followers, people will say, Pastor Micah, can I be a Christian at home? Yes. Pastor Micah, do I need all of this to accept Christ? You could accept God driving in your truck. You you could be walking by yourself on a walking path or a bike trail or you can accept Jesus. But there are some things that happen in a gathering like this that don't happen when you're by yourself. We really is greater than me. When you look at we in your life, We taught me about salvation. We taught me about salvation. Many times if you look at your life, you did not understand everything about certain scriptures. You didn't understand things about sin in your life and being born in sin, which the Bible says we are. Psalm 51 and then the book of Romans. You don't understand all of sin. You don't understand you were shaped in iniquity. But we, in moments like this, begin to teach you about salvation. Romans 10 says this, how can they hear without a teacher or a preacher? How can they hear without that? When we talk about hundreds of children making decisions for Christ, when we talk about hundreds of teenagers making decisions for Christ, it's because someone took their time to say, I will sign up to work in Storyside Kids. I will sign up and help with vision nights. That's our student nights. Someone had a heart to say, I will give my time, my energy, my effort to help in those areas. And so WE teaches our children and our students about the plan of salvation. WE teaches you and I how to worship. There are some people that have told me, Pastor Micah, before we attended StorySide, I never clapped. I remember one doctor that told me, he said, Pastor Mike, I've never raised my hands before I I came to StorySide. I never lifted my hands up. I didn't even know that, you know, the Bible will talk about, I would that men everywhere would lift up holy hands. He didn't know it was a sign of submission. He didn't know it was a sign of, I'll draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to me. We can teach me how to worship. We... Teaches me to forgive. Left to my own self. There's some people I want to hate. Some people don't have tough conversations with your own self. You will justify it. You, You will look at that situation or that scenario and you will approve of your offense. You'll be like, you know what? What they said and what they done, I'm right. But we has taught me many times to forgive. We teaches me to live by faith. We, moments like this, we challenges me. We taught me to give. I teach my kids now. I don't like to talk a lot about our giving, but Angel and I, we set goals in our life We want to go above and beyond the tithe. I'm just saying as an example in our life, we want to do that personally, have for years. I want it for my kids. Jalen, who's turning 17 this week, would would tell you just this week, her and I have a conversation about tithing just this week and the blessings of tithing. That's dad Micah, that's not pastor Micah. My 11-year-old daughter, Eliana, comes in last night. She had some birthday money and she said, dad, because her tithe would have been $10, she comes in last night, and she had, she's like, do you have change for a 20? And I said, yeah, let me get you change. As I'm getting change, Eliana says, you know what, Dad? I think I want to give the whole 20. That's actually double her tithe. But as I'm looking for change, she said, Dad, I want to give the whole 20. That, that's not normal. Our normal DNA is to hold on to. Our normal DNA is to keep. But in settings like this, we teaches me how to give. We teaches me to value others. That God didn't just die for the Republican Party. That God didn't just die for a certain class of people. That God didn't just give us his son for people who parent exactly like me. No, actually, God so loved the world. You say, but I don't like everyone in the world. I don't like everyone on my street. I don't like everyone in my Little League team. (laughs) But God's presence and God's Word will teach you to value others. We teaches me honor. We teaches me to care for others. When I watch ministry time Thursday night and Thursday night and again this morning, I am always amazed that people could get in this aisle or this aisle, come forward for prayer, get potentially matched up with someone they don't know well. And I watched it Thursday and again today, the person praying will often start crying. I've watched people on the prayer team that in the prayer or post-prayer, they will begin to wipe tears. How does someone praying for someone else that maybe they're not related, they don't work together, they're just in this room, they're in this room, how does that stir up emotions where this person could start crying, praying for that person? It's because we gives me the opportunity to care for others. We can help bear my burdens. We can help to support me. Last year, just in VIPs alone, I believe it was $30-some-thousand dollars of groceries that we gave last year alone, just just by a VIP being here for the first time. Well, me can't always do that alone. That's why I said, I know we can get saved alone in our truck or alone at home. I, I know that, but we can bless with 30-some thousand dollars of groceries what me can't do on my own. We can help send in all of those planes, all of those relief efforts to the Bahamas and the coastline. I'm talking yesterday to John French, our contact with Convoy of Hope, and he's telling me all these things that he's able to do by us supporting them. We've supported them in the past. We'll support them again now. But we can do what me can't do. We can. Can pick me up we can pick you up you know Brandon the Bible says in Ecclesiastes 410 woe to the person who falls in life and doesn't have anyone to pick them up you know what Galatians 6 says? Galatians 6 says if a man be overtaken in a fault that means he messes up you who are spiritual get that struggling man help him back on his feet that's what Galatians 6 says you who are spiritual restore you restore that person because we can help pick up and restore me. We lets me celebrate others. We can increase our impact. The Bible says one can put a thousand to flight. Two can put 10,000 to flight. I sum all of that up, Dr. Mike, by simply saying we can do what me can't do we can do what me can't do there's things on your own you will never be able to do by yourself but when you come together it can change everything I want to as we're getting ready to close our message I want to give you the opportunity to do something we've never done before this weekend it was fun on Thursday I want to give you a chance to do it today I wanna do a team exercise. I want you to get, in this team exercise, I want you to get in a group of four. Can you do that for me? Some of you are, just just get in a group of four. We have gift cards for the winning team, so try to get in a group of four. We get four gift cards for your team. Some of you weren't even moving until I said gift cards, and you're like, what, what, where's my four? (laughs) You got your team? I'm asking you no phones, no phones, no phones. Don't, let's not cheat with phones, no phones. If the team can open up the stanchions just for some of the competitive people in the back because the winners have to come to the stage and tell me your answer. So let's open up the stanchions. That way if, if whoever the first team is that can get to the stage and tell me the correct answer, you get the gift cards. Are you ready? You got your team of four? (laughs) There are, there are four basketball teams in the NBA that do not end with the letter S. Their team name does not end with the letter S. Who are those four basketball teams in the NBA? Don't shout out answers when you have the four come up to the front. Four NBA teams, their name does not end with the letter S. Winner, we got a winner right here. Hey, come back for your gift cards. If you will, come right over here, you sit here, they'll get you the gift cards. All right, here's the winning answers. Utah Jazz, OKC Thunder, the magic and the heat. The magic and the heat. Let's give it up for the winning team. You see, we can help you celebrate others even if you don't want to. (laughs) Jesus picked a team. A tax collector, a physician, fisherman, varying demographics and ages, Jesus picked the team. Henry Ford says this, coming together is a beginning, staying together is progress, working together is success. So we get ready to pray today, everyone say team. You need to understand the importance of being on a team. Not just a parking lot team. I love our hospitality team, and usher team, and kids' ministry team, and prayer team. I, I love all of our teams. I'm talking even in the body of Christ. You have to guard against the enemy trying to talk you off the team. That's what Sanballat and Tobiah did. They tried to talk people off the team. Look at verse 19. Sanballat and Tobiah mocked and ridiculed us. What is this you are doing, they ask. Are you rebelling against the king? Here's some closing things as we get ready to pray. Be careful of those who try to divide the team. Be careful of those who try to divide the team. You can have people that get in your ear and start telling you stuff. Be careful. There's all, you're not going to rebuild without opposition. The wall will not be restored without a sand ballot in Tobiah. Be careful of those who try to divide the team. Secondly, be careful of those who downplay the cause. Why are they doing that internship? That's so silly. Why are they in Mount Vernon? That's so dumb. Why do you want to walk with an umbrella out and help carry an umbrella over some mom in a car? It's so silly. They can walk in. They, they can make their... so dumb. You have to be careful of people who are always looking to downplay the cause. Say, so how, how do I do that, Pastor Micah? Look at the tools they're using. You can tell a lot by the tools if God was going to build a team if God was going to reinforce a team what are some of the things if he was to reach into that toolbox what are some of the things that God would pull out would it be things like unity forgiveness generosity moving forward like look at the tools when you're in that conversation on the phone, in a text conversation, at the gym, what are the tools that people are using? Are they talking positive? Are they trying to support your family and your faith? Ask yourself the same question. If the enemy, if you opened up the enemy's toolbox and you pulled out the enemy's tools, what do they look like? Division? Disagreement? Unforgiveness, jealousy, resentment, lack of honor, selfishness, people that are territorial, entitled. They don't want to focus forward. These tools are going to look backward. You can tell a lot by the tool. Don't let people get into your ear, into your mind, into your heart, and talk you off the team. Nehemiah chapter 4, when Sanballat heard that we were rebuilding the wall, he became angry. This is the enemy. He was greatly incensed, so he started ridiculing. And in the presence of his associates in the army of Samaria, he said, what are those feeble? Everyone say feeble. What are those feeble Jews doing? Will they restore their wall? Will they offer sacrifices? Will they finish in a day? Can they bring the stones back to life from those heaps of rubble? Can they really change Ohio? Can they really go back to college? Can they really forgive? Could they really start a business? Can they really restore their marriage? Could they really raise up a child in the way they should go? Can they really get off an addiction? Can they really be careful? Be careful of those who discourage the process and the progress. Be careful of those who demean and diminish your abilities. Sanballat and Tobiah just don't call them Jews. They call them feeble Jews. Can they really do something at 17? Can that single mom really can that person you know when, when I studied this and I called rabbi, most people believe that Nehemiah was up in years. He's not a priest or a prophet, he's actually in the marketplace working for the king. Not even like he stepped out of seminary. He is in the business world, the kingdom world, if you would, and he's up in years. Some of you that's like, well, I'm too old or I've let too much time pass, stop. Stop. Be careful of all of the people, all of the voices that will try to demean and diminish your abilities. Be careful of those who don't believe in the comeback notice what he said he said are you are you really sure Sarah Miller are you really sure that God could rebuild a wall with broken bricks could he really resurrect life out of these ruins and out of these burnt bricks because some people will try to tell you it's too late Like if you would have caught us before, they're broken, they're burned. The Bible says in chapter two, some of them are buried. These guys begin to talk about all of the reasons why God can't work with this. I wanna submit to you today, God can use broken bricks. I've seen him do it. God can use broken bricks. He doesn't always buy new building materials. You know, Junior, we're getting ready to pray, but it's been six years ago this month. Six years ago this month, that Pastor Kristen, who who was up here leading worship, led us in our time of generosity and giving. Six years ago this month, she pulls onto the property in tears, broken. wasn't even sure she wanted to come in. You're on the parking lot team. You knock on her window. You say, "Are you coming in?" And she decides when she was ready to pull off the property. She decides to come in, and in our old auditorium, sits in the back corner, and goes through a season of God restoring chapter one, renewing, refreshing, and now she's turned into an unbelievable leader. A reminder, this month, God can use broken bricks. Come on, story side, God can use broken bricks. So, I want to pray today. I want to pray for the broken bricks in your life. I want to pray for the broken bricks in your family. I want to pray for the broken bricks that you know about. If you're like, Pastor Micah, they're so far gone. I want to pray for Mount Vernon. Last weekend alone, they had 24 VIPs, tons of college students are coming there. I want to pray for our Ontario location. The last couple weeks have had the highest amount of numbers they've had yet in Ontario. I want to pray for Broken Bricks in Knox County and Ashland County and Morrow County and Crawford County and here in Richland County. In spite of all of the voices and people saying, can you really rebuild the answer? Yes, I believe we can. I believe heaven would tell us today. Yes. Yes, Nehemiah, you can. As we close our eyes and pray today. Maybe the message for you has been that you needed to be reminded of God's gracious hand. That He's brought you this far. And He's not going to leave you. Maybe the message for you today is don't let anyone talk you off the team. We, we is greater than me. Maybe God's word for you today It's not to let anyone or anything demean or diminish your abilities. You're not too young, you're not too old, you're not too far gone. Maybe for someone you really needed to hear that God's not looking for new building materials. God hasn't given up on you. On the contrary, God can use broken bricks. I feel the Holy Spirit even as I say it today. Give them the broken bricks. Give them the broken bricks today. You might be amazed what God could build and what he could rebuild in your life. With eyes closed, if you feel God's words talking to you and you would just say, Pastor Mike, I... I would like you to pray for me right now and I want God to know, I'm not just another number or statistic in the room. I believe this message is for me. I want you to slip a hand up today just as a sign of faith. to say, God, I'm listening. God, I hear your word. Thank you. God, I hear your word. The Bible says that God's word needs your faith mixed with it. Did you know that? Bible says that faith, your faith needs to be mixed with God's word these prayer moments, when you raise a hand, when you cry, when you lean in, that's your way of saying I'm mixing my faith with your word right now. Hands are still going up. Thank you, sir. Thank you. I mix my faith with your word today. Thank you. These young men from the academy, I love you. Thank you here in the back. I mix my faith with your word today. I want you to build and rebuild. I want you to build and rebuild. Hands are still going up. This is a holy moment right now. And they're still going up. Soak in this moment. Tell God, I'm believing today. You can take these broken bricks and you can work with them. God, I pray over every prayer, every hand raised, every person right now, whether it's young, whether it's old, they're not going to let age, they're not going to let ability, they're not going to let what's burned or broken or buried talk them out of. They're not going to let them talk them out of. Believing in the build and the rebuild. So I pray for faith today. I pray for restoration today. God, if someone is in the room or on Facebook Live, we're all born in sin. If there's someone that knows I am a sinner, I, my bricks are so broken, my life is so broken, Micah. I pray right now that you would save them, that you would touch them with your love, your grace, your mercy, your truth. Save them today. And I pray these prayers in the name of Jesus Christ.